0: hello everyone and welcome back to who ate it first hello it is season two
1: fireworks doves fly out
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks everyone for listening to us uh i hope you enjoyed the summer mini minisodes whoop whoop. leading up to season two
1: we made some drinky drinks we
0: did make some drinky drinks and uh, we really enjoyed making that mini Um So let us know what you thought about them. It'd be great to hear back. Well, we hope everyone had a lovely summer.
1: It's still hot, I'm sorry to say.
0: Yeah. It's been a warm. But it's been pretty fun for us. Went to some weddings. Mm-hmm. Traveling. was fun. Doing some traveling.
1: Italia. To
0: Italia. Oh, yeah.
1: Hope you enjoyed all the food pictures and all the food content from there. We ate too much pasta, too much gelato. And, um,
0: I mean, is there a limit? No. Yeah. I don't think there's a limit to pasta. I live. We there... got close.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I lived there for four and a half months and even then I didn't find the limit. So I don't think so. I think your body just adjusts, you know, it's like, oh, more carbs. Okay, cool.
0: It just expands the carb limit.
1: That's just funny. Cause they treat food really differently. They eat in longer amounts of time so you can digest it and it's often multiple meals and you typically have an alcohol with it to help Mm -hmm. you break up all those starches and carbs. So, I don't know.
0: And they eat later too.
1: They do eat much later and so they have more time between lunch and dinner to digest those things. Yeah. And honestly, Italians don't usually eat a big lunch. It's normally lighter for breakfast, lighter for lunch. And a bigger dinner. larger dinner. dinner. Yeah. Because yeah, they'll have multiple courses at dinner. But again, over a long period of time, so it's not too much.
0: And they walk so much too. Oh, yeah. Way more than Americans do.
1: I was so sore walking around Italy. Oh, my gosh. Every night we would come home. I'm so sore. <laughs> but even when I live there too, you walk seven, eight miles a day and you're just like, ain't no thing. Yeah. I'm just... That was just you existing. Yeah. Not even like
0: going to do touristy stuff.
1: That was me going to school. Yeah. And the grocery store and back. That was it. Sometimes I'd, you know, go across town to like see a friend or get a sandwich or something. But still, I mean, it was it was like two miles to get to school. It was good.
0: It's a long, long walk.
1: Eh. It's not that bad. (laughs) When you're in Italy, nothing's that bad. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. It makes up for it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I got to cross the Ponte Vecchio again? Huh. Eh, I'll do it. <laughs> That's fine.
0: Well, I hope everyone had some fun adventures over their uh, summer. Whether you went on vacation or uh, just relaxed at home, did things wherever you live. I hope everyone had some fun cooking some good food or trying some good food. Hope everyone tried something new, too. That'd be exciting. Yes. Um,
1: any adventurous eaters out there? Yeah,
0: let us know if you had anything like really fun to eat over summer and something new that you haven't had before. Yeah. Well, of all the places that we mentioned, season two is not going to be covering any of those.
1: What? What? Oh my gosh!
0: Because for this season, we decided to hone in a little bit. A little bit. It's a it's a pretty large region. I will admit. <laughs> But we're honing in a little bit into the Latin America region. So we're going to do, for season two, eight episodes focusing entirely on Latin America. Woo! So we're going to be covering something that I have been very excited to cover. Something I have actually wanted to cover since our first season. And I just decided not to. uh, Because there was other things we wanted to to cover. Mm Mm-hmm. I am going to be covering mole.
1: Ooh, yeah. Mole,
0: mole, mole, mole. I haven't had mole very often, but I've always thought it's a really interesting and like beautiful cuisine. Yeah. Um, it's something so simple. I'm a sauce man, and I like me some sauces. <laughs> that might sound weird. Okay. <laughs> I like me some sauces. Like pretty much anything I eat, I like to have a sauce component. Like I can't eat a sandwich without some sort of sauce on it, like even something like just mustard or mayonnaise or something. Like if there's nothing on the sandwich that is some sort of sauce varietal, then I can't do it. It's I terrible. don't. It's too dry. Like I need some sort of sauce.
1: Sauce.
0: Some sauce. Yeah, I've only had mole a couple of times, and it's uh it's so good. It has such like a rich depth of flavor to it mm-hmm. because there's so much going on in the flavor in the sauces. When I was doing this research, I actually found out like some recipes have upwards of fifty different ingredients in their mole sauces.
1: Mm-mm. <laughs> Can't be doing that.
0: Yeah, uh, it's just like, and it's a sauce, right? Like, how is there fifty different components? That doesn't make any sense. Um, no clue. So, obviously, I've been a little intimidated to do something like this because some recipes have so many different ingredients. Everybody has their own recipe. If you talk to anybody that makes this. You know, fairly frequently, every single person would have their own variation of a mole sauce. Um, and it, sometimes it can take a long time. It could take hours in the kitchen to make. Mm-hmm. Knowing all this, I was a little worried about getting into this until I ran into a recipe by Rick Martinez, a recipe that he developed that he calls mole sencillo or simple mole, mm. which is just about 10 ingredients instead of the normal 30 to 50 That seems more manageable. Yeah. And he even made this recipe as sort of an introduction to mole um, to help people that are intimidated by mole sauces. um,
1: (laughs) Hi. We're intimidated.
0: (laughs) Uh, To to try it out and try something that's a little similar. So that is something that we will be making later. Before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of mole. Coming into season two, bet you know how I'm going to start this sentence. We don't know the true origin wow. of Mole. <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> there are always theories and myths, but we don't know for sure 100% what is the actual origin of Mole.
1: Of course, because why would season two be any different?
0: <laughs> I know. I want to find one thing that we're like, we know it was this bro or this lady <laughs> <laughs> or this person, and they made XYZ.
1: For sure. We have it For sure. on camera.
0: Yeah. It documentation. It is on camera the first time they ever made it.
1: Signed in blood. <laughs> we know who it was. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Done deal.
0: I don't know. We'll see. The earliest known reference to something that would be called a mole is in a 16th century review of Meso. American ethnography written by Friar Bernardino de Sahagún called the Historia General de Las Cosas de Nueva España, or in English, the General History of the Things of New Spain.
1: Wow. So they were researching that all the way back then. 16th century? That's crazy.
0: They were, yeah. In his book, he uh, recalls a ritual that he was at to honor the Aztec god of fire when he was served a stew that was called chamul mule mm. um, and if you'll notice that last part muli, or when it's on its own mole in mm. um, nahuatl which is a, a older Aztecan language that translates to sauce or mixture mm. in English
1: Should we do a disclaimer that our pronunciations are not going to be very good just right here at the
0: top? Yes. I did look up how to pronounce these things, um, but I'm probably still butchering it slightly, so I do apologize in advance. But yes, uh, so that translates to sauce or mixture, which is also what mole translates to in modern day Spanish. That makes sense. Sauce. This sauce was pretty simple. It was just ingredients that were indigenous to the uh, the area, Mm -hmm. and over time- as ships from Spain brought new ingredients to Mesoamericans and Mexico, uh, the ingredients would often end up being added to the moles, which is why nowadays some recipes call for so many different ingredients.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, because they just kind of <laughs> threw it all in. They're Like, all right, yeah, we'll bring in those cookies. Sure, let's just throw okay. it into the sauce and see what happens.
1: So this is like an actual melting pot situation quite literally
0: it kind of is yeah yeah there's just like if you get back down to the simple core ingredients it's mostly just like chiles some spice um and like a couple other ingredients but like quite it's what you can consider a mole is just a few ingredients but over Mm -hmm. time It has basically become like a big melting pot of ingredients that have come from all around the world Mm. that modern day uh, recipes that people make call for all this stuff. Mm. Like as a little teaser, the Rick Martinez recipe calls for animal crackers in it.
1: (laughs) That's really strange. (laughs) Yeah. Any particular shape or any shape will do.
0: Any shape will do. yeah. He didn't specify the shape. Okay. But my point being, you wouldn't find that in Mesoamerica.
1: No, not in the 16th century at least. No,
0: there were not animal crackers in the 16th century.
1: Although that would be really funny.
0: That would be pretty amazing. <laughs> so, of course, uh, that's the earliest reference that I was able to find to what one might consider mole. Hmm. There's also been a lot of myths about who invented mole. One of the myths for the invention of the modern day mole uh, is that it was invented in the convent of Santa Rosa.
1: Ah, lots of things come out of convents, like nuns make stuff. a lot of stuff. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're devoting their life to God, but they're also kind of like, I'm a little bit bored and I think I need a hobby.
0: What better thing to do than to... Make stuff. Make something new.
1: No, truly, we took the footsteps of a pilgrimage to Assisi, and there is a there's a abbey up there, and they make fudge, some of like the world's best fudge, nice, just by these cute little nuns, just chilling, like up up in the mountains of Italy, <laughs> make fudge. Yeah, like what?
0: Isn't there like a really well known like beer that's made by? Yes, you like, can priests look it up. or something like that.
1: You can look, but yes, there is.
0: I'm googling priest beer. That might be what I'm thinking of, is Trappist beer. So
1: sorry, I off-tracked you.
0: (laughs) That's okay. So in this myth, a bishop was coming for a special visit to the convent. A nun by the name of Andrea de la Asuncion. I've forgotten how to say her last name. Um, That's
1: probably like Ascension, but in Spanish.
0: Yeah. Threw together more than a hundred ingredients. You're doing too much. one zero zero.
1: You're doing too much, my friend. <laughs> Scale it back.
0: <laughs> Into this sauce. And they cooked a turkey and smothered it with the sauce um and served it to the bishop. And he loved it so much that it just blew up in popularity. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of historical evidence to back this one up. I don't think there's actually any historical <laughs> evidence to back this one up. But one thing I did find interesting it, from my research is that it does seem like Turkey is actually the, like, most traditional thing that you serve mole over. Turkey? Yeah, you cook turkey and serve it over mole. We're going to be using chicken, but, uh, yeah. And that was something else in um, another video that I watched. He used turkey and mentioned that it was a, that was kind of the traditional thing is turkey.
1: That is so weird.
0: So while we don't know exactly who made mole, or if it was just one of those things that people in the region made over time. Most historical records point to two possible cities of origin, Puebla and Oaxaca. Sweet. There is, in Puebla, um, it is best known for Mole Poblano, and that's actually the best known of all the moles. Um, If you have it somewhere, like especially in the United States, it'll probably be most likely a Mole Poblano.
1: You know what I just thought of? The restaurant that you have it all the time? Mi Pueblo. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: Up in In DFW. Yeah. I'm pretty sure
0: that is a mole Poblano.
1: Oh my gosh, how funny. Yeah. It's also called Mi Pueblo. It is. That makes sense.
0: It's actually like quite a good uh, mole sauce. I think it's good.
1: It is a really good mole sauce. I don't know if
0: they actually make it in-house or if they just like buy mass-produced mole. (laughs) But. uh, I don't know. I like it. It's good.
1: I mean, I think the food's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's tasty.
1: We mainly go there for their margaritas, but... <laughs> we do. ...comma, and their food is good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the other city, Oaxaca, is called the, la- the Land of the Seven Moles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the Seven Moles are Amarillo, Chichillo, Coloradorito, or I've also seen it just Colorado, Machamontal, Negro, Rojo, and Verde.
1: Those last three are colors. I got those ones. (laughs) Yes,
0: they are. That was uh, black, red, and green.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I remember some of my kindergarten Spanish lessons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All of those are made with different chiles and herbs, and that's what kind of gives them their distinctive colors and tastes. Everybody has their own recipe, but there are some distinctive chiles and herbs that go into each of those that um, would... Have you consider it to be one of those seven moles?
1: That's so interesting.
0: Yeah. It's a it's there's a lot of depth to mole, and there's lots of different kinds, which I think is really cool. I want to try mole negro. I haven't had that before. Um, but ever since we watched that somebody feed Phil episode where he had mole. Oh yeah, he had this like very famous mole negro. And uh I've wanted to try it ever since then. I know, I'm very excited about it.
1: They were in Oaxaca for that episode, I right? believe so, yeah. Okay.
0: I'd need to watch again. It's been a, a minute. But um, yeah, if you want to actually like, yeah, see some mole, there is a, I can't tell you which episode, so just watch all of them because they're all great.
1: The newest season.
0: Um, but yeah, there's an episode where Phil goes to Mexico and has mole.
1: Yeah, it was so interesting and they do a really good sort of in-depth visual mm-hmm. video of like how they make it. Um, I just thought of a really good superhero name for you. For me? Yeah. Okay. So you know like Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? Yeah. Your name's going to be Kendall and the Legend of the Seven Moles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that I only get like a superhero name. My name's still just Kendall.
1: <laughs> Super Kendall. How about that? Okay.
0: <laughs> I'll take that.
1: Super Ken and the Legend of the Seven Moles. <laughs> well, you have to tick a number off so... You've only had one, so I suppose you're super candle on the one mole to start with.
0: well, I mean, I don't even know if you can consider this mole that I'm gonna make uh any of these seven.
1: I'll give you one because you've tried you've tried a fair a fair amount and then you've made this one. Okay. Let's give you a one badge. You're a white belt it. here. <laughs> white belt in <and> karate. <laughs> I'm super a white Ken belt. and the and your first mole.
0: So molés used to be a time-consuming dish to prepare uh, and was saved mostly for special occasions. Chef Helena aquino Luis showcases some of those traditional methods that, were made, that used to be used to make molé in an insider business video that I found on YouTube. Cool. Um, it was actually a really cool showcase. In it, she uses a clay komal to char many of the greens, which is essentially just like this kind of large, flat, pan Mm -hmm. uh, with low sides to it you heat it up super hot and then you can char things
1: you can make tortillas on there too
0: yes it is also used for tortillas that is correct then she uses what's called a matate to crush ingredients into a paste which is a matate is very much like a mortar and pestle Mm. but more flat as well and instead of the uh pestle part like the stick It's more like a rolling pin kind of situation. Mm. Oh, we
1: saw that in Spirited Away. They had something similar. Yeah. Where he was like rolling, you know, in the spa, Mm -hmm. you know, rolling rolling herbs and stuff.
0: Yeah. For the bathwater. Yeah. It was something very similar to that. So basically, once you have either charred the ingredients or they also fry a lot of the ingredients, they take it to the matate and just roll the ingredients into a paste. And this is very tedious and can take a long time. In this video, I think this part alone took her two hours to okay.
1: do. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to take you two hours to do this? No, because okay.
0: <laughs> um, again, this is the like traditional way of doing it, sure. and it's something that she has um, continued to try to do over the years to showcase these traditional methods. And also, she believes that this actually helps create a smoother paste, as well as bring out the flavors and enhance the flavors better i will be doing what a lot of other people have done once the blender was invented is use a blender (laughs) yeah the blenders kind of took over the traditional matate and nowadays a lot of restaurants and other cooks that use that make moles um, have switched to a blender but there are still chefs like Ivan Helena who prefer the traditional matate so I do encourage you to check out that video too listener so that is pretty much all I had to say about mole and that is also why I am using Rick Martinez's mole sencillo recipe for my first attempt with mole cool so we're gonna jump on into the kitchen Ooh. and cook us up some mole 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 mole
1: I'm a little scared this is gonna take oh <laughs>
0: All right, we are back in the kitchen for the first time for season two. Whoop whoop kitchen. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> All right, and we are cooking some mole ancillo by Rick Martinez. Thank you, Rick. So yes, thank you again for this recipe. If you want to cook along with us, we will be providing the recipe in an Instagram post. Instagram. So you can go over to Instagram, check it out.
1: Not immediately though. Give me some time to post it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Or you can just listen along to this and cook along with this. So the ingredients that we're going to need is one large Roma tomato. Also, he and his recipe specified the gram amount of everything. Um, again, because he was saying that he really wanted the, this recipe to be approachable and to make sure that everybody's making it correctly, the same amount of ingredients for everybody. So measuring by grams is just much more accurate than saying like, get a tomato true so you want one large roma tomato or 123 grams of tomato <laughs> you also want a quarter of a large white onion which is going to be about 71 grams you want six medium chili anchos uh, or 60 grams um, a third of a cup of lard or vegetable oil And spoiler alert, we're using vegetable oil because I was unable to find a reasonable amount of lard. (laughs) uh, Because my option was like a gallon bucket of lard. And I was like, I'm making this once. I don't want a gallon of lard sitting in my kitchen. So I will be using vegetable oil. But if you can (laughs) access lard, if you have it already, or um, if you... Just want to have lard (laughs) instead. It is the more traditional thing to use in a mole. So I would recommend using it. We're just not using it for this.
1: Don't feel obligated to buy the 10-gallon drums. (laughs)
0: Yeah, don't feel obligated. (laughs) Here's what I said earlier. You want a third of a cup or 22 grams of animal crackers. Yes. Uh, A quarter cup or 40 grams of raw almonds. A quarter cup or 35 grams of raisins a tablespoon or 10 grams of untoasted sesame seeds, one whole star anise. Um, We did actually swap this one out for uh, anise seed because star anise was expensive and I didn't want to buy a whole jar of it. I also don't like it. And Yeah, you don't like it that much. Anise seed has a very similar flavor to it. I think it's a little more subtle, so we swapped it out for that. Also, two tablespoons or 15 grams of salt, a tablespoon of piloncillo, which uh, is essentially just this like thing of dark brown sugar, molasses sugar stuff, oh, okay. which I was going to buy, and then our grocery store proceeded to run out right when I needed it. Sick. So again, I am using dark brown sugar. But if you want to make this more traditionally, buy a Pilancio. Um One and a quarter ounces or 35 grams of bittersweet chocolate. And he specifies preferably 75% or more cacao in that chocolate that you use. Cacao. And then you also want a pinch of toasted sesame seeds for garnish at the end.
1: Sesame seeds? That's weird.
0: Yeah, uh, it seemed like a lot of moles typically are served with sesame seeds as a garnish. On top. strange. Yeah. And there's sesame seed in this recipe, which again, it was not something that was, you know, a traditional thing. So just kind of even in this recipe shows you like things that were not indigenous to the region have found their way into mole recipes. So it really is like a a cool melting pot of a recipe like you mentioned.
1: That's awesome. I do love a sesame seed. They're so good. Yeah. I can eat those little things all day. <laughs>
0: All right, so getting into step one, we are going to line a medium skillet, preferably cast iron, with two sheets of foil, and we heat it over high heat until very hot. Then we're going to char the tomato and the onion, turning it occasionally until charred on all sides, which will take you about 12 to 14 minutes. Then you're going to transfer that over to a small plate and just set it aside until uh, we get back to it. Next, you're going to heat three tablespoons of lard in a large saucepan over medium-high heat until very hot. Then working in batches, you will fry the anchos, turning them to coat in the lard until fragrant, browned, and toasted on both sides, which will be about 30 seconds. Then you transfer that to a bowl. Then you can fry the animal crackers, tossing until they're deep golden brown and crispy, which will take about a minute to two minutes. Uh, then you'll transfer that to the bowl with the chiles. Then you can add the almonds, raisins, sesame seeds, and anise to the same pot at all at the same time. And but fry. not a nephew? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Goodbye.
0: And you can fry all that together. That will again take about a minute to two minutes. And then you'll add salt, sugar, four cups of water, the chiles, the animal crackers, tomato, onion, back into a pot. Once you've fried all those ingredients and charred the tomato onion, you'll put all that stuff in the pot with some salt, sugar, and water and bring it to a boil. And then you will cover and reduce it to a simmer and cook until the chiles and the almonds are very tender, which will be about 30 minutes. Then when that that is done, you can remove it from the heat and let it sit covered for 20 more minutes to cool slightly. After you've let it cool for those 20 minutes, we can transfer that to the blender basically. So you're just going to dump all the ingredients into the blender and blend it on high until it is completely smooth. And once that is smooth, we'll rinse out the pan that we had previously used to cook all the ingredients. And in that pot, we're going to heat through remaining two tablespoons of lard over medium-high heat until very hot. And I'm going to emphasize this point because it's about to get a little messy in your kitchen. <laughs> so, oh no. <laughs> before I continue, a fair warning that things are going to splatter. So, be careful when you do this because remove all
1: pets and children and sharp objects and yeah. just look out.
0: <laughs> Apparently, this is a necessary step um, to make a mole, but uh, it can cause har- bodily harm. So, be careful. <laughs> After you've heated the oil and got it very hot, you are going to pour the mole into the lard. And he actually says in here, standing back from the pot because it will spit and sputter, (laughs) which in his video it does. So, and it gets everywhere. But apparently, that like hit of just like frying as soon as you put it in there, is really necessary and like helps enhance it, and you get a lot of fried bits that are going to help with the flavoring of the mole. If you don't do that step, it's not going to taste quite right. Once you do that and you didn't get burned or burn your house down.
1: (laughs) Assuming your house is still standing. Assuming
0: you're still there cooking, then you're going to uh, stir frequently, reduce the heat to medium, and then you're going to stir frequently, Uh, Until the top of the mole is glossy and very thick, which will be about 10 minutes. Um, And you do want to stir like continuously because if you don't, it will start to spit at you again and potentially burn you. So be sure to continue stirring.
1: Be careful, friends.
0: (laughs) Once this is done, you can remove it from the heat and stir in the chocolate. And then finish stirring that until the chocolate has completely melted and then take a taste of it if you feel like it needs anything extra like some salt or sugar in there some extra salt or sugar feel free to add that in there to your taste and then you can serve it over roast chicken and top it with toasted sesame seeds or turkey if you want to go the more traditional route and yeah then you're done we're gonna cook this mole up and we will see you in our raver roast segment Our house didn't burn down. Woohoo! I didn't burn myself.
1: We didn't burn the dog or each other.
0: We r- removed the dog from the situation.
1: Oh yeah, we put him in the other room, don't worry.
0: <laughs> we did. Just out of abundance of caution and me not trusting myself in the kitchen.
1: My rug and one of my tea towels, you know, got a little <laughs> hit. damage. But it's okay, just, you know, give it a little wash.
0: Yeah. We cleaned our kitchen, it's okay now, but yeah things got a little messy
1: just a little bit <laughs> just a little bit but just okay. a little bit it cleans
0: yeah but yeah i didn't think this recipe was too complicated actually um yeah. i know some of them get more complicated but one thing that he, rick martinez mentioned in this recipe is even though it's a simpler recipe it showcases pretty much all the skills you would need to make a more complex mole recipe it has the basics of like blending the ingredients of frying the ingredients of cooking them in the pot of doing the frying of the mole at the end it has all the steps to it
1: i was really impressed i didn't really know what you were doing like i didn't read i didn't know what you were making and i didn't re- didn't read the instructions so i just like stood back and helped you when you asked for help but i was really impressed you were like doing all of the things and it was really weird watching you pour a ton of hot stuff into the blender. I mean, we use it for smoothies and stuff. Usually. Yeah, I know. We haven't so used I was it for just that. like, can can hot food go in here? I Will was it blend? very concerned. Will it blend? I was very concerned that our blender was gonna explode. <laughs> it was okay. But yeah. it was very concerning. I'm like, should that go in there at that temperature?
0: Yeah. No, it was fine. We got a nice mixer as part of our like wedding gifts. It's like a, it's a refurbished Vitamix, but it's a Vitamix mixer because that was cheaper (laughs) than a brand new one. It's capable of of doing that. Like you can make like hot soups and stuff in there. Like
1: hot soup where they got it. Like
0: you can literally throw a bunch of ingredients in there, crank it up to high. And actually like it spins so fast it heats it up and it'll make you like hot soup. Blenders are weird, man. Yeah. Especially like fancier ones like that. But yeah, no, it was fine. And it, yeah, it worked really well. It came out pretty smooth. Probably the nicest it's actually been to work with that blender because what we normally put in there is not very much of something. So it has trouble like going.
1: Oh, yeah. Because we, we never have a enough, small amount. Yeah.
0: yeah, we never have enough of the ingredient in there that it's just kind of like struggling. Do,
1: do, 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 um, do. I'm just spinning around. Yeah. yeah.
0: But this time it, we filled up almost the whole container. So it's like, oh, yeah, baby, this is what I was built for.
1: Woo! And yeah,
0: it had no problem.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for anthropomorphizing our blender. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: what I'm here for. But yeah, uh, what do you think? How do you think it tasted? And how do you think it turned out?
1: Oh my gosh. I thought it was super, super good. I, I've i only ever tasted mole typically when you order it. Um, it's not something that I normally order, when I go to either a Mexican food place or just a Latin food place, I'm typically more of, like, a taco person. Like, I don't I don't love super heavy sauces usually. I mean, I like them, but I can't say that's, like, my first thing that I order typically. So I, I just am saying that to say that I'm not an expert on mole and... I couldn't I couldn't tell you if it was <laughs> authentic or not. Right. Um, but I thought it was extremely good. The I tasted it when you were cooking it before the chocolate and after the chocolate, and even though it wasn't that much, it was wild the difference between just like a chili soup basically, and then you add in this extra layer, and it really changes the composition. And it sounds really strange to put chocolate in a sauce. It's not that much, but it really deepens the flavor and yeah. makes it more I don't know, just like just like more round and like just bigger and deeper flavors. I'm not a chef, so <laughs> words, but
0: I know what she's saying though, yeah.
1: Yeah, just deepens the flavor, I guess. Changes the profile from just like in your face, like spicy, to now we're a little sweet. Now we have a little bit of complexity. And like the flavor notes are kind of all over the place instead of like one note chili right. situation.
0: Yeah. We yeah. and that's one of the things I mean, hit the nail on the head of like one thing that I think is so cool about moles is like you have so many ingredients in there that you get such crazy depth of flavors. Like, even something like this, like you had some tang from the tomatoes and the onions, spice from the chili anchos, uh, some sweetness from the chocolate and the animal crackers, some nuttiness from the almonds, and also some sweetness from the raisins, too. Um, oh,
1: yeah, I forgot there were raisins in there, that was yeah. weird. I turned around, I'm like, what is that? And you were like, raisins, I'm like, <laughs> in this, okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, some of that flavoring from the. Star anise, which I don't know personally, I still felt was like I could be without that star anise in there. Um, I'd kind of want to try it without that and see what it tasted like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I did also burn the animal crackers, I Just got a
1: little, yeah,
0: I did. I got distracted by um the tomato and onion. I was, I threw the animal crackers into the pot and then started trying to turn the onion and the tomato, and it was sticking. So I got distracted, and when I went back to the animal crackers, um, they had charred slightly.
1: Your other pan was really hot. To be fair, yeah, it was already pretty hot.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that changed the flavor that much mm. or not.
1: I mean, it didn't taste um, burnt.
0: Yeah, I thought it came out pretty good. So it it definitely encouraged me to um to want to try in the future um some more complex and different um recipes yeah. that I think would be exciting.
1: You know, I think this would be a really good cold weather dish.
0: Yeah. Kind of hard Definitely. to
1: eat it. You know, Texas is hot, you know, three-fourths of the time, so we would have to wait until, like, December to <laughs> eat this. Um, but I think this would be quite good on a cold day, because for, like, a dinner, it's on the heavier side, because it is mm-hmm. a heavy sauce, yeah. and you're eating either chicken or turkey. Um, kind of a big piece So it's like kind of more on the heavier side, but this would be so good. I could, I could picture this for like a holiday or around the holidays. Yeah. I'm sure, um, in Latin America it's eaten all the time, but I'm just thinking, um, for here it could be good when it's cold. Mm -hmm.
0: And it makes a lot too. So I think it would be good for, um, a group setting. Like if we were to have a party with some friends over or family, um, it'd be a great recipe as something to make for a you know an, a family dinner, or or a friend, friendsgiving or something like that. I, don't know.
1: I love that a friendsgiving.
0: I thought it tasted really good. I'll probably give this one. My brother was giving me crap about like what was it eight out of tens that we give all the time.
1: I don't know. So I don't keep track of what we rate <laughs> things.
0: I'll probably give this one a seven out of ten because I I thought it was very good. Uh, some of the moles I've had I like better. I'm also not convinced that it's the recipe's fault. I think maybe I just never having made this before made some rookie mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm sort of rating myself having cooked this a seven out of 10 and not Rick Martinez's recipe itself because it's probably i bet if he were to ever make it for me which i don't know the person the guy but um
1: (laughs) hi rick can you come make it for us (laughs) please
0: (laughs) i'm sure it'd be much better you know somebody who's actually made mole many times and develops recipes all the time would probably be turn out better than than i could have made it Hmm. uh for my first attempt so for my first attempt i will give this a seven out of ten
1: okay well I'm your wife, and I always <laughs> want to support you, so I'm going to give you a seven and a half, because, <laughs> I mean, you were working really hard, and it was a lot of dishes to clean. Was I was trying to keep dishes. up with, like, I was more on dish duty and, like, sous chef duty, because uh, when you're in the zone, like, sometimes it's easier to just leave you be, <laughs> and then if you need help, I'll help I you.
0: a whirlwind in the kitchen.
1: Actually, you're pretty clean. Yeah. Um,
0: reminds me of a, I know you haven't watched it at all, but. Bob's burgers. There's a Thanksgiving episode every season and he gets really intense in the kitchen. And I know I'm like that like every time we're making one of these episodes. Uh (laughs) so I do apologize for that.
1: No, it's okay. I knew this one I was gonna leave you alone because with all these ingredients it looked really complicated. So but all that to say, you worked really hard and this was a lot of new techniques and I'm proud of you and it was really good. So I'm gonna give you a seven and a half just because I wanna support you.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. I don't have anything else to say about it. It was tasty. I uh, definitely encourage everybody to either make this one or go crazy and, you know, find some wild mole recipe and try or try to make it. Oh, my gosh. And uh, let us know how it turns out.
1: That would be really intense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Send us like a DM on Instagram or something with yeah. your recipe. Uh, either your recipe or your attempt at making it. Do it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up wrap it up for us so just want to say uh thanks everyone for listening hope you have enjoyed the first episode of season two uh if you want to see any behind the scenes uh pictures or videos that we take um to of our attempts of making this food then you can check out our instagram uh at who ate it first uh also dm us if you want to send us any questions or messages or uh, we'd love to see your attempts of making food or just you know whatever food you want to send us we love seeing pictures of food yeah we'll always see yes to that
1: definitely if you made something cool this week let me know
0: yeah All right. this has been who ate it first I almost forgot the name of our podcast
1: (laughs) this has been who are we (laughs) we went
0: through four episodes of who drank it first so I'm still recovering from that (laughs) this is who ate it first i am kendall rehnquist
1: and i'm logan rehnquist
0: and it has been delicious
1: yes and mole (laughs) ew why does it always sound gross
0: (laughs) maybe we need a new outro
1: (laughs) (laughs) bye bye